staying connected to one of the great people uh, in Chicago, but she's not in Chicago right now. We miss we miss you, Vicky Santo. How are you? <laughs> I'm just fine, and I miss you too. So <laughs> nice you. to talk to you. Oh, it's well. Forget about me. WGN Radio. That's where Ron was for how many years? Oh my goodness, he had to be uh, fifteen years. Yeah, he was, I think he was nineteen years there. That could be, and I will tell you. One of the most beloved. So, never mind the fact that we loved Ron on the field and and was one of the great players. But he, it wasn't only his batting average or the Golden Gloves that he won or the home runs that he hit. It was his spirit. But then we got to hear that and see that when he became a broadcaster right here at WGN Radio. Do you feel that way? And do you feel the love that I? think, let me rephrase that, that I know Chicago has for you and your family. Oh, well, thank you. And, you know, he, when he was in the booth, he it was a whole different um, dynamic to the game because he broadcasted as a fan, as you know. I mean, a drop ball and he's going, oh, no! <laughs> you know, I mean, those are, the, those are the things that made people love Ron. I mean, if you're a Cub fan, it, that was, he was Mr. You know, he was Mr. Cub. And there's going to be a bobblehead day coming up, right? I know. Isn't that appropriate? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> he would have loved that you said that, I'm sure. That's August 20th, well, I, know, I think. Right? <laughs> well, I, had texted Pat, I had texted Pat Hughes about it, you know, because I was, I was planning on coming in town, but I'm not able to now. But anyway, I had texted Pat if I could go and talk to him uh, in the booth, and I, I just said to him, isn't that appropriate <laughs> having a bobblehead day? Well, you should, anyway, you should fly he, in. Just... He would be laughing. He would be laughing as well. I'm sure he is. Well, I have a couple of questions via text, and you can call if you have questions also, 312-981-7200. And the questions are all about horses. They're not about Ron Santo. Yes! One person wants to know if you're still riding. Another wants to know if you are riding reining horses. Are those horses with umbrellas? I'm not sure. Yes, I am still riding. As a matter of fact, I have a show this weekend, so I'll be showing on uh, Friday. And reining horses, it's uh, it's uh, these horses are trained to do patterns at speed and at distance. Like the the things they do is you run into the pen as fast as your horse can go, and you say whoa, and they lock their back legs and slide. It's so cool. It huh. is so cool. Or you can send, or there you, you do your spinning to the left and to the right, and you, literally you move your fingers an inch, and they're cranking around there. It's just really, really a fun. It's a fun way to show. A fun way to show. And yes, I am still doing that. Is the temperature still like three hundred degrees in Arizona where you are? <laughs> well, it's a hundred plus out there now. Now the show this weekend is inside, in it's in the Equidome. So it's air conditioned in there, although you do warm up undercover with fans, but it's still hot. <laughs> There's no getting away from it. I imagine. Is that tough on the horses? 
Oh, yeah. But you know what? They're used to it. They live in it. So, you know, we're in the air conditioning at night or during the day. So when we walk out, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so hot. Their stalls, they're undercover. So they're not standing in the boiling sun. But they're, you know, the temperature is what the temperature is. Yeah. So they do get used to it. Well, you're greatly here to talk about the Ron and Vicky Santo Diabetic Alert Dog Foundation. And we'll talk about what these dogs are trained to do. It's incredible. Dogs have actually, because you and I have talked about the saved lives. I'll say it again, saved lives. I mean, that is so amazing. But I want to back up a step and ask you to tell a story again that I know you and I have talked about before, having to do with the time Ron Santo called in to this program when I did a, and I still do a pet show. So he called into the pet show. The question was about a dog named Joker, because the answer ultimately of what Joker was able to do leads to the formation of this organization. But that phone call is kind of funny to talk about, I think. It's hysterical. Well, Ron's on the air. Now, I listen, you know, when he was broadcasting, of course, I'm listening to all the games, and he's on the air, and you had called. They were talking. He was talking about the dog Joker, and Joker was an Australian Shepherd, a gorgeous, gorgeous dog, and but very timid, not, you know, abused him, just timid. And Ron was a big personality. When he's in the room, you know he's in the room. And so Joker would kind of stay away from Ron, you know, if he could. And so Ron would come home and he'd try to bribe him with cold cuts, you know, like, come here, Joker. <laughs> you know, and then if the dog would kind of reach forward, but then back up at all, Ron would go, see, he doesn't like me. I'm like, well, <laughs> you know, you just blew it. He was on his way to come to you. But anyway, so <laughs> he, he right. was talking about that. He was talking about that on the air. And your comment was, you know, Ron, you are so emotional. And I'm sure that when you go home, you know, you're upset because they've lost. And, and Joker feels that. And he said, and you told him, you said, you would suggest that he just get a glass of wine and go to the closet and sit <laughs> in the closet, have his wine until he could relax. Well, his response to you was, I should go to the closet? <laughs> are you kidding? This is my dog. I mean, it was so funny. It was so funny. But you know what? The reality of it is when Ron Panther came back and we were waiting, he was doing chemotherapy, and we were waiting for the results, you know, from the doctor, Joker would sit next to Ron and put his foot up on his knee, and he'd just sit there like that. And Ron goes, see, he knows. I mean, they smell. They smell the cancer. They smell the diabetes. And that's what that that's what they're trained to do. And in a way, that and a couple of experiences you had, and you could talk about one of them if you'd like, was the impetus for what became the Ron and Vicky Santo Diabetic Alert Dog Foundation. Because Joker not only did what you just said, but also alerted in one case, as I recall, probably saved Ron's life. No question. Well, I was I was at the other end of the house. Not that it was a big house, but I was down, you know, in the basement and right. And Joker didn't want to doesn't like to go down the stairs, but he would stand at the top and kind of whine. Ron was back in the bedroom, and I said, "Well, Joker, what's wrong with you?" You know, I'm kind of irritated because I'm busy. So I come upstairs, 
And I go, do you have to go out? And I walk him to the door, and he won't go out. And I go, what is wrong with you? And he goes back to the bedroom, and there's Ron Lane, and he's in has such a low sugar that he was, I mean, you, you have to be with somebody when their sugars are off kilter there. They don't, they're not coherent. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's the problem. So then I went, got him his juice, and, you know, he comes back. But Joker did that long before I ever knew there was anything like a diabetic alert dog. Well, eventually became the Ron and Vicky Santo Diabetic Alert Dog Foundation. I imagine Ron would be so proud. I mean, this was a dream of his, wasn't it? You know, he uh, well, he did, we didn't even know about these diabetic alert dogs while he was still alive, but mm. he just kept saying to me, I feel so sorry for the parents of kids that have diabetes. He said, they, you know, it, 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 it's scary. It's scary. You're kind of watching them every minute, of, you know, of every day to make sure that their sugars are in control. And so that's the reason I started this foundation, but I do have to tell you, that's no longer the reason I do this. I, I do this for the applications that I read that the parent is saying, I have to wake up every hour in the, at night and check my, my son's sugars because he drops low at night. Every hour they wake up that one of the parents gets up and checks their sugar, the sugars. And the other one, I just recently, this, I just called them, and we're getting a dog for them. And then another one just said their their son goes to school and has to go to the nurse six times during the school day to have his sugars checked. Hmm. That's, these kids deserve to live a normal life. They deserve to be able to, you know, they, they're not feeling their symptoms, and that's dangerous. So that's what these dogs can help with, and that's why we keep doing this. Well, you said what, uh, that's what these dogs can help with. I, I would argue that's what these dogs do help with. How, oh, they do help yeah, with There's yeah. no question. Yeah. Uh, no question. So how efficient are, did I phrase that correctly? How efficient are these dogs? Are they truly near perfect at detecting either a crash or a surge in sugars? Actually, they can detect a change in the sugar levels before the glucometer, before the Dexcom, about probably 15 minutes before the the um, glucometer. And what's so cool about that is that because they catch it so soon, you the, the diabetic can adjust for it. If they need insulin, they can take their insulin, or if they're low and need uh, glucose, they can, you know, they can uh, have something to eat. And so... The more the le- the fewer times they go into the real deep, you know, high sugars or low sugars, that helps them in the long term, because it's the short term. You know, you're you're down for you know whatever a couple hours. You you know you don't feel good, but that takes a toll on your body. So by preventing that sugar to go that low or that high, the long term consequences of amputation or blindness or kidney failure, all the horrible things that happen when diabetics are out of control, those are minimized greatly. So there is a cumulative effect. So if things, even if the life is saved by medical science, there is a cumulative effect, you're saying, 
when and I've heard this from yes. doctors too when when over time it happens and happens again and again and again and these Correct. are kids so it's going to happen potentially Correct. throughout their lifetime so to prevent that sort of going that far if for lack of a better way of saying it by catching things early not only are you improving the quality of life but you're also Correct. making a difference long term Correct absolutely absolutely and you've told me that these dogs have even saved lives. There's no question. There's no question. that the, the alert that the dogs do for a low blood sugar, and the low is the most dangerous. The low happens if it happens at night when the person is asleep and they don't wake up because of it, the body starts shutting down. The brain starts shutting down, and then the body, the, the organs start shutting down. And so the dogs are trained, if they detect a low sugar, to get up either to jump, put their paws up on the bed and nudge the owner, or if the owner doesn't respond, they're trained to lick their face, which brings them back. And we had a, a story of a woman who this happened to her. She was, uh, had, couldn't wake up. The dog detected it woke her up enough that she could call 911, and then she passed out again. The dog continued to lick her face until the paramedics came, and they said, this dog saved your life because your, your body didn't start to shut down because of the dog, which is just, it gives me chills. It gives me chills. It should. And, and what's more, these dogs have additional benefits as well, because sometimes kids that are different are ostracized in some way or another. And now it's cool that this kid is going to school with a dog, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. I was one girl, I think she was from, um, I'm thinking South Carolina, but her dad was in the military and um, she was probably around 12 years old and she was just picked on at school all the time. You know, kids can be really mean, as we all know. And she was being picked on all the time, and he got deployed. And when he was deployed, the kids were picking on him and saying, oh, he left because you have, you know, you've got, you don't feel good or you're diabetic or whatever. I mean, she was just devastated. She didn't want to go to school. And once she got her dog and went to school, all of the kids, all of a sudden, she's the cool kid. They're asking her to sit at their, ta- at their table for lunch. I mean, it, it turned her around. It turned her personality around and her confidence. And that's what's so important is these kids get their confidence back because they know they're fine. They can do whatever they want to do. Is it frustrating to you that you receive more applicants that are appropriate um, applicants than dogs you can provide simply because of cost, resources, because it takes more time than I think people would know to train these dogs, yes. and therefore more money than people might think. That's correct. I mean, it takes at least, it's a two-year training process. The first year is completely done with the dog and the trainer. And then once the dog is um, obedience trained, scent trained, um, act, public access trained, uh, and we find out what activities the kids do that this dog is going to go to. So if they're football games or soccer games, the dog has been exposed to it. They come to Arizona, and they spend four or five days with the trainer and the dog, and then 
they go home with the dog, and it's still an adjustment. It's a big adjustment from the, for the dog, to say the least. Now he's living in a home with a family and maybe other animals. So it's a, it's a process of bonding of the, of the diabetic and their dog. But um, they still have access to Gracie, our trainer. So if there's any issue, we don't want them to wait a month and tell us something's wrong. You call her right away. And she can, uh, you know, address whatever your issue is. And I will ask, because I think people need to know why we're, I mean, what's the approximate cost of training uh, an individual dog? It's between fifteen and $18,000 so for you, a year. Yeah, so if you do the math <laughs> and you're providing mm-hmm. X number of dogs, therefore you need to pay for that. And that's inexpensive compared to what it could cost, you know, so... Uh, and and the good that you're doing, I don't know what the value is to that. So here's my pitch to help what I know mm-hmm. is a great organization, the Ron and Vicky Santo Diabetic Alert Foundation. Your website is? RonSantoFoundation.com. RonSantoFoundation.com. You can check out the organization if you like. I know I've met some of the dogs. Uh, you've been in town previously and uh, introduced me to a recipient of one of these dogs. Uh, They are incredible as to what the human-animal bond can be and the difference these dogs can make. And as you put it, they're not good at it. They are excellent, extraordinary at it, even better than the medical detection equipment that we have. And uh, what more can you say than that? Uh, You must feel great. I mean, just so great about the work that this organization does, Vicki. I do. I do. And especially once these people, and, and now that they come to Buckeye or to Arizona to get their dog, I get to meet them. I get to see the bond of the child and the dog, which is immediate because the dog has been trained to the scent, the particular scent of that child. And so when they first see their dog and the dog, you know, dog's blue, they smell it. They smell this kid. They're like, that's my person. It's just <laughs> so cool. It gives you chills. It's so cool. And, and it, you know, again, it's a, it's a process of, um, of bonding, but the dogs are, they're amazing. They're just amazing. Well, they are, but so is your trainer. So are all the people involved with the organization, including yourself. Give us the website one more time, Vicki. RonSantoFoundation.com. 